Welcome to the Money Hour with host Tina Mitchell. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited. Now in the studio, local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome to the Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, May 21st show. You can also listen to my podcast, Facebook premiere, or on my show YouTube channel. In addition, for more information on upcoming events, you can go to tinamitchellevents.com. I am your host and local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events and how they can impact your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. To connect with myself or the guests that I have on the show, please call Call 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50. Or you can go online to themoneyhour.com. And now the lineup for today's show. We'll be having a panel conversation with both of my guests, Jenna Riggin, um, Newcastle Life Magazine, and Dan Edwards, Keller Williams Everett. I'll also be having a conversation with Jana on business marketing, marketing and my followed conversation with Dan, Grow Where You Are Watered. If you you're not being watered, it may be time for a change. Also, if you're watching my show on our Facebook premiere or YouTube channel, I would like to take this opportunity to give a big thank you to my producer over at Hubbard Radio, Benny. Hi, Tina. And also my marketing director, Becky. Thank you, Tina. I definitely could not do the show without them. Everything that happens behind the scenes is a lot of work and they do all of it. So thank you, Benny and Becky. Great information and great guests in studio. For more information on any topic discussed, please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50, or you can go online to themoneyhour.com. And now let's go ahead and start out the show as I do each week with a little bit of money chat. Money. Tina Mitchell here with your money chat. There has been a ton of volatility in the markets following Jerome Powell's comments on the economy. Powell said the Fed will continue to hike until they kill inflation, and it sounds like they're planning another 50 basis point hike in June. But they're already starting to backtrack. Powell initially said that the Fed thought that they would be able to achieve a soft landing, but now they are giving themselves outs and said that they may be some potential paths to avoid recession. It doesn't appear that the markets believe that the Fed will be able to kill inflation. The Fed is much more wishy-washy, and many questions if the Fed will have the fortitude to continue tightening to reduce inflation, or if they will be forced to reverse course and start being accommodative once again based on the market conditions. Interestingly, Powell said that the Fed will continue to hike until they are in the appropriate 
appropriate place. This sounds very subjective, and I do not trust that the Fed will know when the appropriate place is based on their track record. They've been wrong about almost everything. In the housing news, housing starts for April were down 0.2% overall, but single family homes, which are the most important, were down 7.3%. Housing permits were down 3.2% last month, but once again, single families were down by a larger amount, dropping 4.6%. Overall, these figures are higher on a year-over-year basis, but there are challenges to getting homes completed. Single family units authorized but not started are up about 1% while single family units completed is down 5% from last month, showing that the backlog continues to grow for builders. Now I've seen many in the media that say the household formations are lagging and that we could be in an oversupply situation of inventory. Well, let me break it down. There are 1.4 million households formed in March, analyzed pace, which is historically a pretty strong level and above the average. At the same time, looking at today's Housing Start report, there were 1.7 million total starts, which includes single family, multifamily, meaning places to live, to buy, or to rent. But each year, about 100,000 homes are destroyed due to aging or replacements. That means that the net that we're seeing around 1.6 million homes created. Subtracting that out from the 1.4 million households formations, that is approximately 200,000 units that are going towards the undersupply that we're seeing in housing. Now, if Freddie Mac is right in their thinking that we are undersupplied by 3.8 million homes to meet demand, it would take over 19 years to reach a balanced market, not even overbought ter territory. Even if the figure was 1 million undersupplied, it would take five years on the current pace. Now, important thing to know is that we know builders are not completing all of their homes as evidenced by the growing backlog and new home sale reports showing that only a fraction of the for sale inventory is move-in ready. If you looked at the completed homes in the same line of thinking, we are actually actually seeing a 200,000 home deficit, meaning that the undersupply is getting worse. Despite the media's best efforts to create fear, we are not seeing any sign of overbuilding or an undersupply. Home prices are higher, but people need a place to live. Now, if housing's too expensive, the only option is to rent. But as rents are pressured higher, it makes purchases look even better. And speaking of rents, CoreLogic reported that rents rose 13.6% year over year in March. This report blends new rents and renewals together. The National Association Home Builders, NAAHB, issued a report titled Home Builders Warn of Significant Affordability Declines, where their affordability index showed that only 48.7% of homes sold in Q1 2022 were affordable for families earning in the medium household income, which is the lowest in 10 years. Now, there's no denying that purchasing a home has become less affordable due to the higher rates and the higher home prices but looking at medium household incomes is not ideal. When considering lower income earners that are not likely purchasing a home, it's going to screw the affordability lower. Alternatives like renting are not necessarily a better option over purchasing either. With rents increasing substantially, which makes it much more expensive comparing to having a fixed rate mortgage, I believe that now could be the best time to buy. Interest rates have increased, 
But with every challenge, there are hidden opportunities. I see the increase in interest rates as this hidden opportunity. The reason is a temporary slowdown in the buyer frenzy. Some buyers have backed out of the market because of the increased rate shock. Not because they can't afford to buy, but because of the shock factor. The buyer traffic has slowed down a bit, so the crazy multiple offers have also eased up a bit. This is temporary because when the new rates become the new norm, which they will, the shock value will wear off and buyers will be flooding the market again. This is a temporary opportunity, and if buyers don't take action, it will be a definitely missed opportunity. Buy now while tra buyer traffic is down. And that is your money chat. Coming up next on the Money Hour panel conversation with Jana Riggin of Newcastle Life Magazine and Deanne Edwards, Keller, Keller Williams Everett, right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Want to promote your business uniquely and effectively? KKNW is the answer. Let us help you produce a professionally sounding radio show or podcast. Learn more at 1150kknw.com. KKNW, talk variety that's live and local. Broaden your horizons. You'll be amazed at all the topics we cover on Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk 1150 AM. Now, back to the show with local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. You are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, May 21st show. You can also listen to my show podcast, Facebook premiere, or you can catch my show on my show YouTube channel. In addition, for more information on upcoming events, go to tinamitchellevents.com. I am your host your local mortgage expert right here on 1150 AM KKNW. It's a great day to talk about money. And that is what the show is all about, how to make money, save money, so you can have a better quality of life for you and your family. If you are hearing my show on a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. I'm here to answer any questions or more importantly, to connect you with the guests that I have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And now on the show, my panel conversation with my two guests, Jana Riggin of Newcastle Life Magazine and Dan Edwards of Keller Williams Everett, right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Welcome to both of you to the show. Thanks. Thank Thanks for having us again. Yeah. yeah, great to have you uh, both back in uh, studio. So before we get started, I would love to give an introduction for both of you. Uh, so first for uh, Jana, being successful in business is all about working with your ideal clients. Working with Jana and the N2 company can help you leverage print and digital to build the right clients of relationships that will help your business build more word of mouth and become a trusted resource. And then a little bit about Dan, Dan Edwards, managing broker of the Eastside real estate team and team leader for Keller Williams PNW in Everett, a 16 year veteran of real estate in the real estate market. Dan brings to my show a wealth of information to help you through the challenges that are coming to the housing market. So Jana, for you, um, can you share with my listeners what life experience brought you into your line of work? Um, well, I always 
like to think of myself as remember that old hair club for men commercial where you said not only am I a the president of the hair club for men but I am was also a client or I'm also a client I feel like that is true for me because I worked for private schools for about 15 years and I was a client of NG company and these magazines and then three years ago had my own have my own magazine so I am I have been on both sides of the fence if you will that is so uh, great. Yeah, it's it's uh, really great. I love this question to be able to hear, you know, um, experience what brought you where you're at uh, now to Jana and you're doing some amazing stuff. I live in Newcastle. So uh, for our city right here in Newcastle, uh, we love reading the magazine. So thank you for that. Uh, Dan, what life experience brought you in to your line of work of real estate? Well, I hit rock bottom and I had no skills. So I figured I'd go into real estate. No, I'm just oh my gosh, that's awesome. That's the best answer ever. <laughs> okay, seriously. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> no, you know, um, so I had been probably five to seven years in the community on the east side. And my job at the time was um, sales in a whole other field. And I felt like I, I needed to be more connected with my community. My kids were going to grow up in the community. Um, and I, I knew people, but I didn't know you know, kind of um, what was going on. And so I was looking for something that would really push me as far as growth was concerned, which is kind of the theme of, of my visit today. And um, I, I had always been in love with real estate. A lot of people I talk to now say that same thing. And I think when you can parlay uh, your love and care for the community and people in the community and the love of real estate, that's what um, brought me there. Yeah, I, I love that. Well, you gave a funny on your background, so I'll give you a funny but true. Uh, I'm really bad at numbers. And here I am 27 yeah. years in at the top 1% in the nation mortgage professional. So <laughs> all right, Jana, what is the single most important reason you see success in your business? What would you credit it to? You know, I think it's a couple of things. It's about building those relationships and being that trusted resource. Um, but I also think it's all about doing the work, right? I think it's easy to sit back and see what other people have done and, and just hope that some magic wand comes down and like bestows success upon you. But really the, the deal is you have to get up, you have to do the work every single day. There is no magic wand yet invented. Um, so it's just showing up every single day, doing the work every single day um, and eventually great things happen. Yeah, I have a uh, personal mastery uh, course that I've just created. Uh, if you're listening to the show right now, it's not on my events platform, uh, but reach out to me. It's another complimentary. Uh, I do very well in mortgage. So all of my events, they're all complimentary. It's my way to give back to my community. And one of the uh, months in that year program is visualization and, you know, really how to visualize the importance of it, uh, what it looks like when you do and what it looks like when you don't, because I definitely have a story of tragedy to triumph and my tragedy was no visualization and my triumph was, but just as Jana says, you have to do the hard work. You can't visualize what you want and sit there and do nothing. What visualization does is it gives you the power, the strength, the confidence, and the belief in yourself so that you'll go out there and do the hard work that is needed to have that success. So thank you for that, uh, Jana. Uh, Dan, what about you? What is the single most important uh, reason that you've seen so much success in your business? Yeah, thanks for that question, Tina. So I think that you're alluding to you not good at numbers and turning, turning that, parlaying that into being a mortgage lender and being great at it. I think you have to be an expert in your field, right? And if you're not naturally inclined to it, 
you become because, and, and this is the secret. So all of that stuff is a product of a consistent system that leads to success. I often say like, do the right things with the right people, but it's not enough to just say that it's, it's required to actually put a system in place that forces you in contact with the right people and doing the right things for the right people. So whatever it is you're doing, sit down and write out a list of, of what your ideal client looks like and develop a system that puts you in close proximity, maybe one, two, or three degrees of separation from that individual, and then consistently do that activity. So, um, yeah, yeah. and the results show up. Great advice. Yeah, not being numb, as uh, Dan said, obviously I'm an expert in my space or I wouldn't be in the top 1% of the entire nation. Uh, but over a decade, decade ago, um, took me halfway through my career, halfway plus, I hired a developing team to build out a mortgage software uh, because I needed something easy to make it easy to educate because it was hard for me to understand numbers. However, when I had a tool that I created that makes it very easy to understand the numbers, understand your options so that you can make the best financial decision for you when it comes to your mortgage financing. Uh, so yeah, great advice, Dan. Uh, Jana, looking back, what is one thing that you might have done differently in your business and and why? You know, that's an interesting question. Um, I kind of wish sometimes I had started this earlier, but then at the same time, I think the path that you take is the path that you take to set you up for success. I, I believe that you are where you are supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. Yeah. Um, so I don't know that there's something that I would have done differently because everything teaches me going forward, right? Every day is an improvement on what I was doing yesterday. So so true. Yeah. Great answer, Jana. What about you, Dan? Well, um, you know, yeah, I like Jana. I don't really see a whole lot of regrets, just opportunity and failure, right? Because whatever path you're on, you're either going to learn from it or not. Um, I will kind of go back to um, 2008 because we're approaching a time that feels a lot like the crash in 2008, 2009. And at the time I was like, hang on. And uh, when COVID broke this year, I was like, I'm not hanging on, I'm leaning in, right? The wind's blowing at you, you're gonna lean into it. And so, um, so that was a lesson from failure because it made for a longer, harder road. There were a lot of people making a lot of money during the downturn because they were redoubling their efforts and activities. So if you're looking at the horizon and you're like, man, those clouds look bad, lean in, lean in. Yeah, and you know, mentioning the um, meltdown, the Great Recession of uh, 2008, same thing. I, you know, hit, I hit a really hard, really hard time uh, because I'd almost lost everything that I'd worked so hard for. Before then, the only thing that was important to me was success and money. And in that space is when I created all my personal mastery uh, to get my, to figure out what I was going to do, how I was going to get myself out of this downward spiral of negativity. And at the time I wasn't doing any business. And then by uh, 2010, I had almost one of, well, I had my best year that I had up to date in the middle of the financial meltdown in the great recession of 2008 and better. I created my personal mastery, which now I share with other people where I would have never got to that personal mastery self place for myself if the financial meltdown had never hit. So um, great conversation. I love the panel conversations where my listeners can get to know each of you a little bit better before we dial in to our actual individual conversation with your businesses. So Jana, how is running a successful business uh, different than what you thought it might be? You know, the things that I do and that I love to do are different than I thought they would be, right? Um, 
I think when I, if you think about like, oh, I can go my own business and I'm going to have all this free time. I don't know that I necessarily have a lot of free time. I'm still in the place where I'm doing the work in order to do the things that need to happen, right? I'm still in that phase. Um, but the things that I thought I would love are not necessarily the things that I love while I'm in it. Um, I was actually fascinated by these magazines for years and thought about who these publishers were and thought, oh, I will love the stories and I will love all of that. And while I do like that, I actually love the sales piece and meeting new businesses and learning all about who these people are and how they started their business more than the content side. So that was a surprise to me for sure. Yeah. And isn't it interesting when you actually, um, when that free time does actually come, what I have found, um, I just start creating more things into my community platform. So not to say that I don't play because I always say I work really hard and I play just as hard. I do tons of traveling. I just decided recently when we had our grandbaby, I wasn't going to take any appointments on Friday. We babysit our granddaughter every Friday and Saturday. I would have never thought that I would actually truly work a four-day work week. Not to say that I'm not available and accessible on my off days, but I'm not really working on those days. So yeah, it's really fun uh, to see how business uh, transitions. Dan, what about you? Uh, what would you, How is running a successful business? Because you've done some amazing things in your real estate business and now you've actually taken on a leadership role within Keller Williams, which uh, congratulations, because um, that's a, a huge show of your success to go into that team leader position. So what are you seeing is different than what you thought starting out in your real estate yeah, career? Uh, that's, a, that's an awesome question. I, I could hit that a couple of different ways because 16 years worth of experience, you have a lot of uh, uh misconceptions of what your expectations are. And what I would say is this, is that leading people is probably the biggest challenge and biggest opportunity, because not because you are or you aren't a good leader, but becoming a good leader means learning how people are led. And I have to say that early on in my career, I said, hey, here's how you do it, follow me. And it wasn't always effective. And I think that was kind of the biggest uh, surprise is that you had to learn what is, this, what is the type of leadership style that this individual needs in order for them to hit their goals? And ultimately, um, that's still a work in progress because it is very different, right? What motivates Tina is different than what motivates Jana. What motivates Dan is different than what motivates Tom. So it's really cool to learn how, as a leader, um, some different techniques to become better every single day. Yeah, that is so great um, in finding out how do they best learn and then also finding out uh, what is their why? Why do they want to be successful in the real estate business? And then you can tie in their story, the risk if they don't attach to their own personal story and their why and the benefit if they do. What does that personally look like for them attached to their own why behind they got into the real estate business? Um, powerful stuff, powerful conversation uh, with both of you. Thank you for participating in my panel conversation. And coming up next to the Money Hour, business marketing, Jana Riggin, Newcastle Magazine, right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150. You're listening to the Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Now, back to the show with local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. 
You are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, May 21st show. You can also listen to my show podcast, Facebook premiere show, or you can catch my show on my show YouTube channel. In addition, for more information on upcoming events, you can go to tinamitchellevents.com. I am your host and local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. I am here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time. If you are hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. I'm here to answer any questions or connect you with a guest that I have on the show today, please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyera.com. And now in studio, Jana Regan, Newcastle Life Magazine Business Marketing right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Uh, Jana, really excited to have you back in to studio and have a conversation uh, about marketing, how to best get results, um, and what you're doing for our community by helping local business owners uh, through your magazine. So what is the difference between lead generation and branding? Yeah, so this is something that a lot of businesses, I think, struggle to really understand. Lead generation is when you're getting in front of people who need your services right then, right? So I need a roof. There's a there's water coming through onto my floor. Uh, I'm going to Google roofers and a bunch of them are going to show up. And typically what happens is those roofers are spending some money on advertising for that person who's looking for a roofer right then. I have talked to people who spend anywhere from $45, $45 per click on that ad. I talked to somebody who spends $175 when you're, when you're doing that. So that lead generation can be really expensive. Um, it is a great way though to get, I mean, if, if you have a leak in your roof, you need that to happen right away. So you do want to be in front of those clients. But branding is when somebody isn't just searching for a roofer, they are searching for your actual name. Um, and that it's getting in front of people before they have that leak in the roof. So that when they have that leak in the roof and they're doing that Google search, your name pops up and they're like, yes, that is the person I want to use. I often think of it like if you're driving across the country and you're hungry and let's say you have some kids in the back screaming and you see McDonald's and you see Debbie's Diner, you know you can pull into a McDonald's. You know exactly what you can get. The menu is going to be the same. You know. Debbie's Diner might be way better, but you're going to Yelp review it. You're going to look it up. You're going to, you probably aren't just going to swing in to that. So the branding is that McDonald's. It's that we know what that is all about, right? So that's sort of that difference. Yeah, that's a really great uh, description and the difference in building your brand. And it has a subconscious uh, piece to it as well, where they're emotionally connected to you and they really don't even know why it's, it's because you've been building that brand and that reputation and that expertise, um, through that, that marketing that you're doing, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that emotional tie-in is very, very important. Yeah, well, absolutely. So why is it important to do uh, both on the, the branding side of it and the lead generation for that person that has the emergency that comes up? A lot of times that emergency comes up and you forget, right? You, you just don't know. So when you're going in and you're doing that Google search, you need that strong SEO, which is where your website is going to come up when somebody searches for it. And that adds those, those uh, pay-per-click ads also work as well. But hopefully somebody sees your name and then all of a sudden that branding comes back in. They're like, oh yes, I remember this. This is who I want to use. And they're, they're going to use you. Yeah. Um, but that combination is important because just branding is great, right? If you're a McDonald's, you're just branding 
it works for you. Um, but typically businesses are not where McDonald's is. McDonald's has been doing a really great job for a really, really, really long time. Um, so that lead generation is important. There's actually a story, and I may have said this last time I was on here, but of Kellogg cereal and Post cereal prior to the Great Depression and then after the Great Depression. So prior to the Great Depression, Post cereal was the number one cereal in the United States. Mm -hmm. The Depression hit and they like pulled way back on their advertising. Kellogg's did the opposite. They started advertising more. They invented new cereals. You know, you have Rice Krispies and all these fun things. Today, still, however many years later, I think it's almost 100, um, Kellogg's cereal is still the number one cereal. Wow. So that's that branding and being in front of people over and over and over again. When the economy changes or businesses, you know, maybe not as great as it was before, yeah. the, the idea or a lot of businesses or a lot of people are just like, well, let's pull back. Let's stop spending. Let's not do it. The reality is if you lean in, the results are going to be there because you're now in front of all these folks over and over and over again. And other businesses are pulling back, but you're like, no, I'm, I, these are my people. I want to stay in front of them. That's your chance to where you have a chance to stand out and to really win the game overall on a long-term basis. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So Jenna, Newcastle Life is changing its name to Greet. What is the why behind the uh, your name change? Well, I love, we talk about branding all the time and that's really what we're all about. As a company, as N2 looked at all of our different publications, they realized that we ourselves were sort of missing the boat. I was branding Newcastle Life. Mercer Island Living was branding Mercer Island Living. The points was the points. There was no consistency. So we took our own messaging to heart and realized that we needed to uh, have a very recognizable name across the country. And so most of the publications in the greater Seattle area are changing to greet or they're changing to stroll. There's two different types that are out there. Um, but we just, we took our messaging to heart. We're like, people need to know who we are. If you get a great magazine, you know, it's N2. If you get a stroll magazine, you know, it's N2. And you know that we have that reputation that the great design, the great stories that we are really all about creating that community. And if you get that magazine, or if you're a business owner that wants to partner with us in that magazine, you know exactly what you're getting. It just really helps that brand recognition. How exciting going through uh, a brand change with a name change. Lots of uh, behind the scene exciting things going on for sure. Yes, I'm very excited about it. And actually, there's a competitor magazine in Newcastle with a very similar name. I have sometimes gotten confused by it. So I'm very excited to have something brand new and different. That is so, uh, that's so exciting. So what are some statistics around print that you can share uh, today? Yeah, so it's really interesting. Um, print, especially today, I think how many times have you bought something from Amazon and you get it and you're like, well, that wasn't what I wanted. Or I'm, my thing is like Instagram early in the morning. I don't know what it is, but I'm like, that looks great. And I buy it and I get it. And I'm like, whoa. Uh huh. Oh. <laughs> so there's trust rate with, with digital is really going down. Um, so there is a two and a half time greater recall when you see something in print versus digital. There's an 82% trust rate when you see something in print um, and it's only 43% digital. Um, people love to be able to hold something in their hands and there is, there's a luxury about it um, that you're not getting with digital. Even Amazon, by the way, sends out a toy catalog, a printed toy catalog at Christmas time. So there is this really great piece of print um, that is super compelling that stays with people a lot longer. 
And you have a chance to stand out in the crowd as well, because majority and not a lot are doing the print, they're doing the easier and the online. And again, having a, a combination of a mix of what you're doing for marketing. But if you have a platform that allows you to stand out next to your competitors, and I love how you, um, uh, you know, say the print is, it's something special. You get to uh, hold into your hand, which is going to bring a more emotional connection to you, your company brand, your brand and product and service that you have to offer. So Jenna, uh, why does great work? Why does it work? Um, it is creating that emotional connection. Um, people read the publication who live in the neighborhood because it's all about them. I call us the people magazine of the neighborhood. So we tell the stories of the people who live in the community. And today, especially people are losing community. You hear that over and over and over again. Um, but we are creating that community. So for a business who partners with us, the, the neighbors are reading it, they're looking at it, and then they're identifying and they have that emotional connection with all the, all the advertisers um, that I'm working with, right? So it's not just ads, right? It's not just something that's being mailed to them that there's no point in it. It really, the point is community connection. Yeah. And then the, the benefit to the businesses is they are seen as that community connector. Yeah, and I was um, I was able to be one of your um, uh, neighbors interviewed last year through the magazine, which was really great to share my story of tragedy to triumph. And it was surprising that uh, some of my neighbors had no idea of my story and had comment on it. So it it really it really is great, and we're able to open up that emotional connection to the product and service that we're offering through our story, because that's where people are able to connect with you. So thank you for that uh, opportunity, uh, Jana. So yeah. do you also offer lead generation? Yeah, so we actually have a whole new program that we're offering, offering with our with what we do. Um, it's called Highport Digital. Um, and what we have found with our print, as much as we love it, it is very hard to track. So we added this digital component to it. For, for our business partners, they get that, but we can extend that as well. And what's different about what we do than what other agencies do is we actually have someone who manually is tracking. So what happens a lot of times is you have like an artificial um, intelligence and AI who's, who's manning your pay-per-click or whatever. And they're saying, hey, it's interesting. If I type in Tina Mitchell and her ad, when, she, when somebody types that in, that ad, that's the number one. That's, that works every single time, all day, every day. Well, of course it does because that branding already works, right? You just typed in Tina Mitchell. You don't want to pay for a click because that person knows who you are already. But with an, with an AI, it just shows up as that makes the most sense. Yeah. When you have somebody manually doing it, you're like, no, Tina does not want to pay a lot of money for that. It's already working for her. So we're not doing that. We're going to do maybe mortgage lenders or um, any of your classes or whatever. There's a lot of things that, that you, somebody would do if they're manually paying attention to it. Yeah. And we also do like a live chat where we actually have a person who will manually answer those questions for your live chat. You'll, you'll answer some questions and they'll, there'll be standard answers, uh -huh. but there's an actual person behind it. I don't know if you've ever gone to a website and you type something and you have a question and you get some random thing that doesn't answer your question at all. Yeah. But if you have a live person there, they can, they can answer your questions as much as possible. And then maybe say, Hey, we will get back to you tomorrow. But then you realize that what you're looking for is um, your, your questions have been answered, right? You don't have to keep searching and looking. So we have an SEO program that does really well at, at search engine marketing. We do, we'll do those over the top, those commercials that you see if you're watching 
anything other than Netflix, I'm starting to see them more and more and more. <laughs> the chat, um, there's just a lot of options that are out there that we are, we are able now to offer our business partners. So it's really exciting to be able to offer both that branding package, getting in front of your ideal clients over and over and over again, and then that lead generation side of it as well. Yeah. That is, that is great. Um, very exciting. So how does, how do these all work together? So you want, you know, a little bit of both, right? Um, it's always interesting. If you think about, I, I sometimes people will say, well, this person doesn't ever need to advertise. Look how busy they are. And if you look at some of these bigger, bigger brands, uh, McDonald's, again, they're advertising during a Super Bowl commercial. Nike is out there advertising over and over and over again. These big brands, they are constantly out there advertising. So that's that branding piece of it. Um, but again, you sort of want both that lead generation also because for many businesses, especially if you're kind of a newer business, you need those, you need those clients coming in over and over and over again. And a new business is going to be driving all over. You know, they're just going to do whatever. Eventually you're going to say, hey, I really would like to do all my work in New Pasadena Port Hills. So I'm going to slowly market more and more and more just to my ideal clients. Yeah. Um, so they go hand in hand. Sure. That is, is, is such a great strategy on your, your ideal client um, is really deciding what that target um, area is going to be and then dialing it at a high level on that and building that rapport, building that, um, that reputation and expertise within that particular uh, area. So Jana, what should a brand new business do for you mentioned brand new businesses a little bit here but yeah. what is important for them for marketing well and you know that's the, the case branding often is something that you want to do after you've been in business for a couple of years so i will meet with brand new businesses who really do need to do that lead generation as they start right they need to kind of get their foot in their door see what works what doesn't work and and go everywhere and kind of be open to everything um, and then the more and more established they get, that's when they really hone down that marketing strategy a little bit more. And that's when they really want to double down on branding because they want that value. It's, branding is a little bit of that value piece. Who are you and what are you all about, right? And and a new business is sometimes still trying to figure it out. It's like your yeah. two-year-old, right? A two-year-old versus a two-year-old walking versus a 10-year-old walking. Sure. 10-year-old sure. does a way better job. <laughs> Usually. <laughs> <laughs> All depends, right? So Jana, um, what about the established business then? What are they doing differently than the new business? So those, those established businesses really can uh, do that marketing. That, I mean, that branding. That branding yeah. piece of it is so important because people already know who they are. So it's knowing, like, interesting. Somebody uh, read one day is like, if you meet a random person out on the street and, you, and they ask you, you ask them to go to coffee with you, they probably aren't going to do it, right? they're going to think you're a weirdo. But yeah. if you, if you see them every single day, every single week, you've known them for years and you run into them and you ask them to go to coffee, of course, they're going to say yes. Right. Because they're now they're a friend, they're a best friend. So business marketing is a little bit like that. If you're brand new, you're that random person who just walked up to somebody on the street. But if I've seen you, if I've known you, you're become my friend and you can really double down on that branding, but you want to stay in front of people. Yeah. You don't want to just disappear right? Because a lot of times you're out of sight, out of mind, really that saying is very true. So stay in front of people, stay in front of your ideal clients, but you can put more of your efforts into who you are as a company and making sure people really do know, like, and trust you. 
That makes sense. Well, Jana, thank you so much for coming uh, back in studio. It's a pleasure to have you here and to support what you're doing and the difference that you're making in local businesses in our community through helping them with their uh, their marketing, lead generation, and more, most importantly, their branding so people know who they are, why they do what they do, and how their product and service can really make a difference in our lives. Thank you, Tina. Yeah, look forward to having you back soon. Coming up next to the money hour, grow where you are watered. If you're not being watered, it might be time for a change. Dan Edwards of Keller Williams Everett right here on 1150 AM KKNW. So, you know, being successful in business is all about working with your ideal clients and working with Jana Riggin and the N2 Publishing Company can help you leverage print and digital to build the right kinds of relationships that will help your business build more word of mouth and become a trusted resource. For more information about N2 Publishing and Jana Riggin, visit n2pub.com. That's N, the number two, pub.com. Talk radio that will get you thinking. Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Now, back to the show with local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. You are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, May 21st show. You can also listen to my show podcast, Facebook premiere, or you can catch my show on my show YouTube channel. In addition, for more on my upcoming events, please go to tinamitchellevents.com. I am your host and local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. I bring into studio each week the best of the best experts in our local market on everything regarding your money. And now in studio, Dan Edwards, Kelly your will Keller William Everett grow where you are watered if you are not being watered it might be time for a change right here on 1150 AM KKNW uh Dan welcome back into studio Tina it is so good to be here thank you so much for having me Absolutely. And first time that I've had you on my virtual show because you were always going uh, in person into a uh, studio Yes, I was actually uh, about to hop in my car and drive down. And then I said, oh, there's a Zoom link here. Okay. That so. is awesome. <laughs> when you said you dress for in person, but we are in person. Yeah. We're just not in person, but we're seeing in person on our the video for sure. Meaning well, I have pants on. Meaning I have pants on. <laughs> oh, like that's, normally that's it would hilarious. be this anyways, but because we're <laughs> going to be in person, I put pants on. Oh my gosh, I'm over here blushing, Dan. <laughs> All right, so let's get back in. Uh, let's get into business here. So it's been, uh, it has been a while since I've uh, had you on the show. So go ahead and uh, give us an update on what's happening with you. Well, yeah, Tina, as we talked in the panelists, um, in addition to running uh, a, a high-performing team there on the east side, serving Bellevue, Kirkland, Redmond, Issaquah, Sammamish, Kent, Covington, North Bend, all of those areas, I also stepped into a leadership role, um, which is one of my uh, passions that I have discovered, um, giving back and seeking to help coach and consult with agents up out of the North End. So uh, the, the office is located in Everett. It's a Keller Williams um, office. And uh, so, the, yeah, that, that new position is something that has really uh, allowed me to grow even more, which is kind of the topic of our, our conversation here today. 
Yeah, well, congratulations, Dan, on uh, the new role. Uh, what an honor to be uh, chosen to represent uh, a group of agents and helping them grow so that they can have a better quality of life and be able to help uh, more people in their community. So let's get this out of the way. Where do you personally see our market heading? Well, Tina, first off, thank you for your money hour uh, talk, because that's really insightful for me, because, you know, essentially we're right now talking uh, sellers off the ledge. Uh, they're starting to freak out quite a bit because they've had it good for so long that they um, keep hearing these stories of multiple offers, hundreds of thousands of dollars above asking price. And literally in the last three weeks, we have seen um, we've seen that change quite a bit. And uh, folks on the east side, um, actually one really telling number, uh, Tina, that maybe you haven't seen before, but across King County in April, we saw about a 4% reduction year over year of inventory across King County, 4%. Now that number isn't, doesn't seem significant until you go back to the last time it was below, below or above, that's kind of a weird way to put it, but typically we were seeing anywhere from 18 to 20 to 30% below the previous month, year over year. So it actually slowed down to only 4%, which is still interesting. But here's the big significant thing that happened is on the east side, inventory was up 30%, 30%. So that is almost a 60% swing from where it was hanging out for the last I want to say three, maybe four years, yeah. month over month, year over year, reduction of inventory. This was kind of a, a significant thing. And, and so when I saw that number, I, I went, oh, oh, I see. So think about it from a standpoint of, you know, you're cruising along, you're adding inventory and suddenly a bunch of inventory shows up. Well, before we had seven, eight, nine offers or buyers for one particular house. Well, now you only have three. So the, the leverage that the sellers have um, starts to evaporate. But when you bring a seller three offers, when their neighbor just last week had 10, somehow you look like uh, not as not a great of a real estate agent. But one of the things that they don't understand is, is the, the people that offered last week, well, one of them's gone, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's multiple houses, one of them's gone. So in, in a month when you actually increase your inventory by 30%, it has that effect. And the interest rates, and I think what you said there was really telling is it scared a lot of people. Yes, they, they, they press the pause button on their home search. They're thinking, oh, no, what's happening here? And I think you're absolutely right, too, is that then it's going to kind of get back to it. And the reason why is we are still at 0.7 months of inventory. So where I see it heading is it, it's going to require more of a professional approach to explaining what's happening. And so if you don't talk to somebody like Tina, if you don't dig into the numbers, you're going to look like a really bad agent. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what the show is all about. When I started the show uh, 11 years ago was to create a space that I could bring the best of the best experts into studio that could share with our local market and to have all of the resources because absolutely in any market, you need to work with an expert, but when there's an adjustment in a market, which then is looked at as a challenge, there is always an opportunity in a challenged market. Only the experts are going to know how to help you navigate and to really win in that what majority are seeing is challenged. So what can home buyers uh, do in the market that we're in right now? So we got maybe a two or three week window, maybe, maybe longer of opportunity that if they look at the bigger picture, right? The bigger picture is interest rates are going to fluctuate. They're going to go up and down. They're going to fluctuate, but having a home is going to be your hedge against inflation. It's going to be a hedge against increased in rates. 
So if you have a level headed and, and you're thinking, I want my kids in this school district, or I want to be able to have my commute time to this, buyers can take advantage of that, that burst of inventory and that pullback by other buyers. Oh, we just did this last week with one of my clients. Um, so there was nothing. Suddenly it was like, well, do we ask full asking price or do we escalate? I'm like, full asking price. Let's just keep it right there. We don't offer them anymore. <laughs> so it was really cool because they, because of that pop of inventory, they didn't have to bid and they got a home that they liked. So take advantage of this opportunity, buyers. If you're qualified, get after it. Absolutely. This, uh, the hidden opportunity is going to be a missed opportunity if you don't take action right now, for sure. So let's go ahead and put your seller hat on, Dan. What should sellers be doing right now? In well, this first off, get out of the fetal position. It's <laughs> not the end of the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, however, I would say um, I've always, always, when I work with sellers, the point is for your home to be compelling. I want you to have every reason to have everybody love your home. So we always pre-inspect properties and we will continue to do that in this environment because what you want to be as a seller is the bell of the ball. You want to be the best house on the block with the nicest everything that you possibly can. And more so as we head into a changing market. When you have competition, it's going to matter that you replace the carpet on this house. When you have competition, it's going to matter if you use high resolution, high resolution pictures. I got to tell you, I, I one of my clients took advantage of a listing because the listing agent used their iPhone to take pictures. And it didn't look great, but the house in person was great, but it wasn't drawing people. So sellers, you got to be compelling in this market and be prepared to wait 30 days because that's actually a little bit more of a realistic um, marketing time as we head into this change. And, you know, we're not in a balanced market. There's nothing to say that there's anything coming that we are going to be in a balanced market. We're still going to stay in a, stay in a seller's market. It's just not the crazy of what we were in, which it's hard sometimes for sellers uh, to hear. And even on the buyer side, that what's best for all of us and our economy is to really be in a balanced market. Yes. Um, but, you know, I don't know how we're, uh, you know, what we're going to see that's going to get us in a balanced market. But anyways, and so Tina, let me tell this one yeah, quick story is of on one of our list listings, we had a buyer that came in on Friday that was ready to go. They loved it. And there was no review offer on this property. And it was like, look, let's go. Let's get it. Full asking price, wave inspection, move forward. They thought about it. They thought about it. On Sunday, they finally said, okay, we'll write the offer. Somebody swooped in, paid above asking, and it was a done deal. And they lost out on an opportunity because they just were too uncertain. And it's not about being reckless. It's about having that confidence that you said. We haven't changed to a buyer's market. We are not close to a buyer's market. It's just the change that maybe confuses folks. So. Yes, yeah. Uh, so Dan, um, what can agents do to position themselves to take advantage of this opportunity instead of getting stuck in what the challenge side of it might look like for them? One of the best things about this business are the people. One of the most challenging things about this business are the people. Yeah. So you need to be an you need to be um, skilled at working with folks and learning about their motivations and helping them accomplish that, even though they have reservations. And it's not a sales job; it's a consultation. Is you said that you wanted to be in this school district. This matches everything that you're looking for. What's keeping you from it? So becoming really proficient at that. I think is something that is going to be required for any agent to perform at a high level. So definitely do that. 
And then growth. Like if you're not finding the type of growth that you need where you're at, you've got to seek out that opportunity. If you're not growing yourself, um, you this this change in market may cause you to think about whether or not you want to consider staying in real estate. And I think the key to that is really being learning based. Yeah. And, uh, you know, great advice, Sam, because you talked about on the leader side for your real estate agents and really finding out uh, their learning skills, how they best learn, and also finding out why they do what they do. Um, and it's the same thing for you as a real estate agents with your clients. Why do your clients need your product and or your service? And being able to bring in and, and dig, dig deep into what that true why is so that you can bring that story. And when you're communicating on them, you know, this, this is the benefit if you take action and here's the risk if you do not. And also as an expert in the real estate space, the, the great news is, is you have numbers, you have stats, you have the data, bring out that data in every conversation because numbers don't lie. And when you can show the numbers and the why behind what's happening and where the benefit is on this, um, then it really helps for your clients. And I always say that if we're not great in our dialogue, we're being a disservice to the people that we're here to help that need our product and or our service. So it's really our responsibility to make the difference that we want in our community to be able to have our dialogue at the highest level through our expertise in helping them make the decision that they need to make to get to where they want in their life. So Dan, your topic is grow where you're water, where you're watered. What does that mean um, in with real estate? I guess the way to set this up properly is to kind of go back to the reason why I decided to take over the role of uh, what we call team leader here in the, the Everett office. And, um, you know, Right now, I'm talking to a lot of brand new agents, people that are considering getting into the real estate career. And I'm also talking to seasoned agents that have been at the same office that they've been for years and years and years. And the one thing that the thread that runs through both in the conversations is really, what is my next step in life? And I think, I don't know if you have one of those friends where you ask them, hey, what's up? And they're like, nothing. Yeah. And you have no, nothing to talk about, Right. And I think for me, um, anybody asked me that question, I'm kind of going through my brain. I said, well, the last time I saw him was this. And so here's something that's up. Yeah. And I think that may, maybe um, um, I don't really gravitate towards people where that conversation ends at nothing. Because yeah. it, then how, how do you become your, your, your best, not, maybe not just for yourself, but for those that, that uh, rely on you, yeah. right? So uh, whether you're a family person or you have a loved one that you're caring for or in relationship with, or even looking to give back in the community, we owe it to them to be at our best every single day. So what is growing where you watered? Um, my transition came because I had hit a spot in my career where I kind of had achieved this level of success and I was really happy with it. It was fantastic, but I wanted more and I needed to find a place where I could could do that. Now, one of the things about the Everett office is it is associated with Ben Kinney and uh, Ben Kinney's um, world, right? And yes. if you don't know, those watching don't know or listening don't know, Ben Kinney is a very successful real estate agent that parlayed his success in, in uh, real estate to actually do great things. He gives back to the community, but he owns um, nine, uh, excuse me, eight um, offices across the Puget Sound. So finding a space like that for me was about taking myself and planting myself in a bigger pot so that I could grow. And I think for me, I'm excited to talk to agents, whether they're brand new, existing or uh, retiring agents and find out how can we find a place for you to take that next step? 
And that's what it, uh, what my job now as the leader here is to identify folks that are looking for growth and helping them along that path. Yeah. So if you're listening to the show and you've been in the real estate space and you don't see where growth is going to happen, uh, call the show. I uh, need to get you connected with Dan so you can have that conversation. And if you're a buyer or seller looking at buying or selling real estate, call the show because you need to connect with Dan and his team. Congratulations again, Dan, on all of the great things that you're doing uh, for real estate agents and their businesses and also for our buyers and sellers in the market. My pleasure. And please, again, call the show 1-855-411-50 to get connected with uh, either one of my uh, guests. And thank you to both of you uh, for being here, Jana and Dan. Thank you. Thank you, Tina. Tina Mitchell, your host and your local mortgage expert. Got to sign off for the day, but enjoy the rest of your Saturday and your weekend. I look forward to talking more money with you next weekend right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited.